1: Better off. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 114 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCague, and I'm joined this week by my lovely co hosts, Linda Sarovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne.
0: Hello, Allison. Hello, Linda. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello. Um, It has been a while since we recorded last, and nothing has happened, but everything has happened. Um, yeah. As, as, as we said with, uh, as Maggie said, Maggie's not on this week, but Maggie said in Slack earlier, like, gee, I wish we had more Mets things to talk about. Not like that, which is, you know, exactly what has happened. Um, so we'll start with, uh, fair warning to everyone, this is going to be a pretty depressing podcast, and I'm sorry, I wish baseball would give us more cheerful things to talk about but sadly that is not the case right now um but we will start with one cheerful news item which is that the mets are bringing back old timers day which is really fun um so i feel like in you know in like concert with or like you know in keeping with the spirit of uh, retiring more numbers the Mets are realizing that they're allowed to celebrate their history which is good and uh, old-timers day seems to be another extension of that um, it was a thing that the Mets used to do and they stopped doing it for whatever reason uh, during mostly probably year. because
2: their stars hated
1: them <laughs> yeah right because, the star- they're- because the- they hated their own players um, <laughs> and now they now you know we have uh, an owner for you know I'm not saying that Steve Cohen is perfect and we've Talked about issues, but with he's, a, he's a fan of the Mets. But you can't he, deny that he likes the Mets. We have an owner who actually likes the Mets. Revolutionary. Yes. um <laughs> And so, you know, we're, they are bringing back Old Timers Day, which is really fun. They're going to do it this year. um Daniel Murphy and Cliff Floyd were on a Zoom about it. Uh, and Ventura. About it. I, and Ventura, yes. Is I a still- had me
2: at Ventura. I
1: immediately bought Ventura. I immediately bought Ventura. I- <laughs> I don't think of Daniel Murphy
0: as an old timer yet. Well, He's I mean, old
1: there was a lot of discourse about that. The fact that Daniel Murphy was announced as old timers day was just like, God, I am ancient.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> Nobody- he had to He'll be joining too.
0: He, he, um, but Daniel Murphy only retired like what? Two years ago.
1: Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I just think that like a lot of people were like, oh, he shouldn't count as old timer, which I get, but like he's pretty much the only member of the 2015 Mets or the only like major contributor to the 2015 Mets who's retired now. So I kind of understand why he's, he's part. David
0: Wright is mad at you.
1: I know. I know. (laughs) But but, like David (laughs) Wright
0: can't move. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well,
1: neither can Daniel Murphy, his knees were shot. Yeah, I guess that's true. But like, I mean, like, I think that they should let David Wright, like, I mean, if David Wright, who knows, maybe David Wright doesn't want to participate. I hope he'll at least be there, even if he doesn't play in he the game. He should coach, because yeah. I, imagine, I imagine he's probably
0: just in too much pain to actually play more than, I guess, like, T-ball or something.
2: Well, if, you know, uh, 92-year-old Frank Thomas. Exactly. <laughs>
0: That's true.
1: And Frank Thomas talked about how he was—he took BP and he like wants to hit a home run. And I was like, Hell oh yeah! Oh my god, I yeah. want that so
2: bad because he said he hit a home run at the Polo Grounds and at Chase Stadium, so he wants to hit a home run at all a three. City field.
1: Wouldn't Aww. that be great? I was like that's so cute. that like, be great. Come on, bring the fences in for <laughs> it. <laughs> Let's do it, Frank Thomas home Come run. On. Frank Get Thomas Frank hit a home Thomas run challenge. Dinger. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> among the among the other players that are like officially announced that are going to be a part of it include Frank Thomas, Ron Swoboda, Mike Piazza, John Matlack, Felix Mian, Mookie Wilson, Hojo, okay. Bobby Ojeda, Robin Ventura, as Linda mentioned, Turk Wendell, Andy Chavez, Cliff Floyd and Daniel Murphy, uh, which is Turk a very a exciting
2: Wendell, Rosembeg, Str- uh, Spike. Hell if he yeah. doesn't do the Rosenberg's Spike, I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> then we all quit. <laughs> like, I will ascend to a higher plane if Turk Wendell does the Rosenberg's Spike.
1: Oh Wait, you know what I need to happen? I need Frank Thomas to hit a, a dinger and Andy Chavez to pretend to rob yes. it. All oh, but not oh actually do it. Like, do his, like, big grab and, like, pretend so he mean. caught it and then not actually catch it. That would be, like, the perfect moment.
2: Uh, what I need is for Ventura to do his Piazza imitation again.
1: Yes. Oh, that'd be funny. We, we that need would a be downpour. Awesome.
2: Yeah. We need a downpour first. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah. And the tar, the tar, the tarp. The tarp. All... Why can't I speak to them? Gosh.
1: Yeah. So it's that's that fun. I am uh, glad. Like that, like that. I'm glad that the Mets are, you know, honoring their history. And I About mean, we time. had a bit of a, <laughs> uh, a, a discussion with uh, Thomas Henderson, our good friend, Thomas Henderson of from complex to Queens um, in Slack about this. Cause Thomas was like, the Mets don't have history to celebrate. And I was like, you're wrong about that. Like they, they do like in comparison to a lot of like, I know that the Mets aren't like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers, like these storied franchises, but like they have a lot of history, even if they don't have, you know, a lot of championships, I or even still if it's think- not the best history. It, and and it's, it's bad history is still history. Yeah. And it's not about to me old timers day is not about like let's celebrate the 86 Mets specifically or let's celebrate the the 69 Mets specifically. It's about celebrating the individual players that contributed during like memorable eras of Mets history. Like this, this is their 60th plenty.
2: anniversary. They have 60 years now. Uh-huh. Yeah
1: like like, let's remember some guys (laughs) the 2016 was fun as hell even if they never won a championship like those are still like the players you know like and the 99 through 2000 era mets even though they never won a world series like those are still the players that like we grew up watching and I still want to remember those guys they deserve it Andy Chavez deserves to be remembered you know Robin Ventura deserves to be remembered like these guys deserve to like be thought of as like individual legendary Mets even if their team didn't live up to its potential agree
2: I'm gonna say let's remember some guys there's nothing wrong with that there there's is no harm, is harm in fun. remembering
1: some guys it's so and it's such an easy win from like a PR ownership perspective because it's like it's it's kind of like even though I am not a proponent of the black jerseys it, that was also an easy win for them because it taps into the fan nostalgia factor. Like I totally, even if I don't like the black jerseys personally, I totally get why they did it because like fans are just going to buy a bunch of the jerseys now. And that's what they, and that's what exactly what happened. And now they're, now they have like a guaranteed sellout game for old timers day because fans want to remember their favorite players. It's such an easy, simple fan goodwill gesture to do. Uh-huh. I'm so mad. I'm going to have to break my black
2: Ventura jersey out of the closet.
1: I'm going to have to wear that
0: to that game, aren't
1: I? I think you have to unretire <laughs> you have for this to. one time. You yeah. have to. I dare you. I have to bring it down from the rafters. I do have one, one black piece of Mets memorabilia and it's a Mike Piazza jersey so I guess I'll wear it that
2: day. Yeah, you might have to. Yeah. We'll be miserable
1: together. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And
0: I will chuckle at you both.
1: Um so I guess in the, you know, vein of remembering players, I suppose we have to transition to the less cheerful part of the Mets segment of this I podcast. Think
0: I- and I think we need to trigger warning this with drug discussion and drug overdosing. Yes. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, the, the, whole rest content. This, the whole rest of this podcast is like one big trigger warning for various things, but this particular section, trigger warning for drug use for overdose for, for, for suicide, for mental health, um, stuff yeah. as well. Uh, so if that's not the type of thing you want to be listening to right now, you might want to tune it out. Um, but uh, Matt Harvey is in the spotlight uh, right now because uh, he testified yesterday in the trial of former Angels employee Eric Kay, who is accused of providing Tyler Skaggs with the drugs that he eventually overdosed on. Um, and during his testimony, uh, Harvey, uh, Harvey's not the only... F- Angels player to be called to the stand, by the way, but he was the one that testified yesterday and the one that has the Mets connection and the one that's getting the most press. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, Harvey admitted to using cocaine and oxycodone um, and said that the latter oxy is extremely common in baseball that lots of players use. Um, And Harvey also admitted to giving Tyler Skaggs Percocet. um, And the defense is not necessarily They're like, initially it kind of looked like they were calling Harvey to sort of paint him as the villain instead of Eric K and say like, oh, it was actually Harvey that supplied Skaggs with the drugs, but that's not really what it is. But what the defense, the defense for Eric K is trying to say is that like Skaggs received opiates from multiple sources besides K. So they're trying to make it seem like this isn't Eric K is the fall guy and this isn't really his. Only his fault. Like, look at all these other people who were giving Tyler Skaggs drugs. Um, but what he said, when asked about uh, whether he lied, uh, he being Harvey, whether Harvey lied about his drug use while with the Mets, Harvey said, "quote No one really asked." Um, and then that prompted uh, former Mets beat writer Adam Rubin to tweet quote, I'll say this, then stop. The Mets told me a long time ago before anything like this was public that they tried to help him as did his agent. So they weren't willfully blind to what was going on because, because they were getting performance, Um, which, you know, on its face seems like good because it means that the Mets were like trying to do something about it but it very much like that and what came after very much seemed like a met the mets trying to like absolve themselves of all responsibility and being like we tried to help him but uh. yeah but like
0: what what does tried to help him mean
1: they just told him to like go see a mental skills coach or something yeah there's yeah. really not a lot of detail about like yeah what was going on um one person that we did get details from uh was Terry Collins uh Ugh. so there was an interview that he gave on SNY that was reported about in the post by Mike Puma and in other outlets um that he you know talked about not only about the fact that heart uh, not only about the fact that they knew about Harvey's drug use during his time with the Mets although Terry Collins just kind of He talked about it as if it was like sort of an open secret. Like Harvey never said to the Mets, like, you know, I'm using cocaine, but they, there were rumors in the clubhouse and it was never named like what drug, but it was kind of just like guys knew, but it wasn't really talked about. Um, but What Terry, the more irresponsible thing that Terry Collins did was he talked about the details of Harvey's mental health struggles, which includes suicidal ideation, which Terry Collins just like openly discussed this in an interview, um, which was incredibly, incredibly irresponsible. And former Met Kevin Puecki actually tweeted about it and said uh, that the interview was, quote, the most uh, the most unprofessional and uncalled for interview I've ever seen. And well, then yeah. they doubled down on it. Like, then they had a whole special on SNY. Yeah. So it's I, like, uh, they have learned th- the New York media and, you know, any everybody. The New York, York,
0: Harry media, is the New York min- media, as Kerry it Collins, is
1: Everyone. No one has learned anything from the entire time Matt Harvey was on the Mets about, you know, like, basically making him the whipping boy of the media. It's continuing to be the case long after he's not a Met anymore. Like, it's just like, obviously what Harvey discussed on the stand about the rampant use of oxycodone uh, is a problem in baseball. And I don't think that's anything that's necessarily surprising, sadly enough, but it's part of a larger, deeper issue about a culture that encourages players to play through both physical and (coughs) emotional pain. Like these dudes are, you know, like opiates are a huge problem in baseball because these dudes are in pain constantly. Uh Harvey had two major arm surgeries and he had thoracic outlet syndrome that basically like ended his career. I mean, he's still obviously an active pitcher, but, you know, he's not the same. He's never going to be the same guy he was. Um, And it's probably going to end up like prematurely ending his career.
0: Um, I was going to say, it felt like him testifying felt like it's the end of his career here. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, there is an update on that. It just came through like eight minutes ago. Oh. Um, Oh. MLB source says Matt Harvey faces at least a 60 day suspension for distributing drugs. Yikes. Assuming (gasps) he can sign with a team.
0: Wow. Oh yeah. Well, that I mean, that makes sense because he admitted it on the stand for immunity. So they have to they have to suspend him.
1: Yeah. Because I mean he's not gonna face not going to face legal action no. but that doesn't stop that doesn't stop baseball from you know doing no. what they see fit which makes sense because you know they have a drug policy um that harvey no. is in violation of but they was. also i think it was him on the stand that said they were using
2: this in the dugout in the dugout and in the clubhouse bathroom and nobody said anything like not a coach not a doctor nobody said anything like just it's just a failure upon failure upon failure, and and somebody died. Like yeah. even Matt Harvey's lucky to be alive.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's if it was this institutional failure. Yeah, it's and it's upsetting because like when all this was happening. Like when, you know, Harvey was admitting the cocaine use and everything like people were reposting the pictures of like Harvey's bloody nose game and stuff like that. And like being like, ha ha ha. And like making this out to be a joke like this isn't a joke. Someone died. Like your jokes are not funny. Like someone someone
0: died. This is still a rampant issue in baseball. We don't know what else who else is going through this or who's taking what who may be distributing what it's it's and these are guys these are guys lives that they kind of serve as basically entertainment for us and i was gonna say they do it for
2: our they do it for
0: our entertainment for our pleasure and look at what they put themselves through
2: and you 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 criticize you boo you you call them you call them lazy
0: or say they don't work hard yeah make them out to be the villain like (sighs) i mean Where's of course compassion? like um, i mean obviously they're not angels i'm not saying they are but like well the angels it, are the angels <laughs> <laughs> But um, i see what you do <laughs> I see what you did there lynn um but everybody has sucked the humanity out of them
1: yep
2: yeah everybody That's... makes it about like themselves like well he he you know, the, he like, makes X amount of down. dollars.
0: He shouldn't feel this way. Like.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like he's a millionaire, you know, he, he's not he's, allowed to feel
0: like this. Yeah.
2: And there's, they're still humans. We've lost sight that they're human. And look what they did do just for you, just for your, I mean, obviously they're trying to get paid and stuff too, but the, the pressure that comes, I mean, we saw it with, um, with Simone Biles too. Like, the, the insane amount of pressure they put. And then, also, that was another one, too. When Michaela Schifrin, the, they just lingered on
1: her after her her dream died. Yeah, like, I have that. This, we're going to get back to the Olympics yeah. in a little bit. Oh, because yeah. Our issues oh. that we're going to discuss with that later. But, like,
2: yeah, and that's no compassion, no humanity anymore. It's just, it's all about me and my entertainment. And... What I think of you and but
0: how, I mean, how I mean, was you lose I mean, sight of this. I mean, and that was always with Harvey from 2000, like 16 onwards, ever since he had, he had, I think that urinary, urinary the bladder issue. issue, the bladder, the bladder yeah, they issue
2: made fun of him for that blood clots, blood so. clots, life blood threatening clots. Blood, blood
0: clots that the, that the Mets medical people didn't catch. And that kind of affected him for the rest of his
1: career. Blood clots that that were legit, potentially a life threatening issue that the, you know, the tab, the New York tabloids made pee jokes about. Your pee (sighs) jokes were not funny in 2016 and your nosebleed jokes are not funny now. Like addiction is a disease and athletes and famous people are not immune to it. (laughs) No, especially
0: when you have athletes that are putting their bodies through hell. Go having multiple surgeries and having to take pen pain medications for them. Like both Oxy and Percocet are pain medications. So this is not unusual for them to be taking it, especially like immediately after a surgery.
1: Like pretty so much all the, like all the major league pitchers are in like some level of pain all the time.
0: So like there, sh- there should be medical, a medical team on each, each team, like, kind of monitoring this, just because, hey, we don't want these guys to get addicted to it, either.
2: But now how can you trust the
0: team? Yeah, right? You can't.
2: The, 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 the team was there. The team knew. Yeah. Or at least, uh, or they turned a blind eye blind eye to
1: it, if they didn't flat out know. Oh, but they did a wellness check on Harvey that one time they went to his house. The-
0: but, that's all I, just, I have to say i'm just i'm just doing the lip thing
1: <laughs> i just yeah. i don't
2: understand like and then people side with billionaires who sit in their cushy homes and you know all they do is own a baseball team
0: but they don't put they don't do the work they don't put their bodies through to
2: buy ninety one million dollar pieces of art Like that's or have a bad day where they lose billions and then make it up right the next day. Like that's their bad day. Matt Harvey's bad day is a lot worse than that. Yeah. Matt Harvey's life was at risk.
1: Yeah.
0: But
2: we're gonna side with billionaires.
1: It's just like I I was I was telling Kellyanne this before we started recording. Like, I don't think that there's a more tragic character in Met's lore during the course of like our lifetime than matt harvey i mean um, and i
0: i want to argue that he is one of the most tragic stories um yeah I, like yeah. in my in modern baseball in in recent decades
2: yeah. literally everybody failed him and yep. through no fault of his own and of course people are gonna be accused of partying it was his fault but sure but he was also a 25 year old guy you didn't think he would be going out in new york
1: he pushed like, through after, in during his re- recovery from Tommy John surgery, he pushed past his innings limit against the advice of his doctor because it's what the team wanted and what the fans wanted. And you wonder why he's using pain medication? Come on. Like, and it's just like... um and uh, our our fellow Amazing Avenue writer Dave Capobianco made, I think, like, the best tweet about this of anyone, which is, like, the fact that the media and, to a certain extent, a part of the fan base spent the past, you know, like, seven years mocking Matt Harvey shows that we learned absolutely nothing from Doc Gooden and Earl nope. Strawberry. We've learned yep. nothing from We They still
2: want him to be the villain. And I don't know why. Like, why does
0: there uh, have to be a villain? Because that's that's because people like that story. I it doesn't make I don't know.
1: People love to like build up easy, heroes build to, up just and, to tear them back down. Them yeah. 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 yeah, like people love the like Dark Knight, like the whole like Dark Knight persona, just to like tear it down again. Like that's that's basically what happened. They like made this Dark Knight persona out of him, um, and then they yeah. get to write all their like fall from grace pieces afterwards um
0: like, well, it's just like, it's it's a very it's
1: very frustrating
0: yeah, and sad but, just, see, they
2: care about headlines and they care about stories but and then forget there's a human attached to it and that's that's all they care about they care about clicks they care about you know getting that those advertising dollars but these are real humans yeah with real emotions real and real consequences as we saw with tyler skaggs there are real consequences
1: here and i hope that you know eric k faces consequences for what he did um yeah. in the end and you know matt harvey is clearly facing consequences for his part in the whole thing by with now this suspension um so we'll see i hope that you know it shouldn't take a man's death to change things but i hope i hope it does um i don't least, know we'll see you never know what somebody's going through either Yeah. has
0: has there actually been any substantive change in baseball since his death
1: since skaggs's death well the only thing that i can think of is like they didn't used to like test for drugs of abuse yeah they only used to test for performance enhancing drugs and now they test for drugs of abuse as well so that that is a change that's a change but but then what do you do if you
2: find i don't know somebody who tests positive like do you just suspend them?
0: Do you suspend them? Do you suspend them? Do you say, "Oh, hey, try here's like here are your options here you here are some treatment options too." Yeah. So one would uh, hope
1: that you you would like they <laughs> they should pay for treatment programs and guide players toward treatment programs, but you know well, I don't trust I think, baseball.
2: Again, this whole thing you know shows just how important mental health is as part yeah. of you know taking care of your body taking care of your mind is all so equally important if not more important
1: yeah um and we're gonna get to that more in the second half of the show when we talk about the olympics because i yeah i, uh-huh. I have notes about that Yes. um Speaking of siding with uh, billionaires, uh, we have uh, also all all uh, amongst the backdrop of all of this is the lockout um, and the continued labor negotiations, which are still not going very well. Um, Yesterday was the day pitchers and catchers should have reported um, Uh, to spring training. So spring training is officially delayed. Um, in some way, um, but the players remain locked out. Some I, th- I heard that some minor league players are reporting, but major league players are not reporting. Um, last weekend, uh, the league issued its latest proposal to the union, and it was not received well. Even though Rob Manfred called it "quote a good offer," which probably says a lot about his previous offers.
0: <laughs> Manfred <laughs> can go suck a hot dog. I
1: know. I know. <laughs> Um, so, but according to Evan Drellich and Ken Rosenthal, who have been covering the collective bargaining, uh, negotiations for the athletic, there is quote, no reason to believe the season will start on time at this point. Although it's still theoretically possible, uh, you know, uh, I think it's like two weeks until the regular season would be officially delayed, the unofficial, like there's no official deadline or anything, but the unofficial sort of deadline is the end of this month slash March one, because, um, The um, COVID shortened season showed that they can do basically a month long spring training. And that's kind of the shortest timeline they can do and still like get away with it. Um, So if they if they somehow miraculously come to an agreement by the end of the month, they could do that like extremely shortened spring training and still start the season at the end of March on time. But if they go much longer than that, then basically you have to you can't shorten spring training any more than that. And so they have to do the month-long spring training and then that would go into April and the season would be delayed. Um, so right now it doesn't seem particularly close still. Um, well, they agreed on the universal DH. They agreed on the universal DH, so that's Who? coming. Um, mm. But we sort of knew that. The one thing,
0: the one thing that they did agree on, it, and it stinks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. The, the biggest sticking point, or one of the biggest sticking points uh, between the two sides is still the CBT, the tax, the luxury tax. Um, The league has raised the thresholds for the, the the league's quote concession is that they've raised the thresholds for the CBT tiers. So there are different tiers, like spend over this amount. This is your penalty, spend over this amount, this is your penalty, et cetera. Um, And so they've raised those ceilings, but it also increase the penalties for going over them. Um, And it has, and the league has not moved on that. They want to, it currently, I think the the first tier is like a 20% tax. And now if you go over the first tier, it's like a 50% tax. So from the player's point of view, it doesn't matter how high you raise the thresholds. If the penalties for going over are so severe, it will still be treated like a cap and discourage spending. Um, Yep. So that's yeah, like so the it biggest. Solves point it solves <laughs> nothing. Yeah, it basically doesn't do anything to raise these these ca- these tiers by like a like a few million dollars. Like, who cares if it's like two hundred ten million or two hundred fifty? I'm making up numbers. But who cares what it is? If you make the penalty so severe for going over it, no owner is going to go over it. Um. So that although the Mets might go over it, they probably will. Um, <laughs> yeah, most likely. <laughs> but you know what i'm saying it's it's it it still is discouraging spending and that is the issue that the players have right now yeah um it's uh and uh, like, Cal- has major league baseball learned nothing no like no nope, they,
0: they a, been cle- paying cle- attention clearly they haven't, they haven't through this whole process that it's uh, they've regressed yes i mean i get it even, the- e- even from from the previous strike they've regressed
1: I, yeah, I they get basically
0: mayors the are greedy, but come on.
1: They basically like done nothing, but they claim they've made all these concessions, but really they haven't. They've just like done stuff that they probably would be fine with doing anyway. Um yeah, and called it like concessions and compromise. But that's like not what actual labor negotiation is. And also like they keep talking about like, oh, it's a two way street. It's a two way street. They have to talk to us, too. And it's like you locked them out for over a month before you even started to talk to them. And so you like, can unlock them out anytime you anytime want. Anytime you it. wish. Anytime you wish you can end this lockout. But anyway, um, they have another meeting uh, scheduled for tomorrow. Hopefully that'll be better news, but news has there hasn't been good news a single time during the during this these negotiations. Basically, well, I think they did
2: talk to Lindor, and he said they are willing to hold out for a deal that's fair for everybody. So it seems yep. at least there's like solidarity in, between the ranks.
1: Yeah, it, it yeah it does seem like I mean players like it, for the Mets example like players like Scherzer and Lindor who are obviously very highly paid are you know saying the right things and like they don't you know at least there's solidarity among the the classes of players because like you know Lindor and Scherzer got paid so like in theory they don't have to quote have to care about what happens to you know lower tier free agents or whatever but it's good that the players seem to be at least a somewhat united front um Worth noting though that minor leaguers continue to get the shaft in basically like every conceivable way. And Manfred made it worse too. Yeah, it's wor- it, it's yeah, he made it worse. Like basically so here's what's going on with minor leaguers right now. Um a lawyer for major league baseball during these labor negotiations argued that minor league players should not be paid during spring training because they should be considered trainees and not employees, which is like such complete bullshit. You like paid an experience, basically. Yeah, it basically we're paying you an exposure, <laughs> lol, an experience, and you're Ugh. learning, and that's what you. Yeah, I can't. I, I
2: and they're can't like eat. using our facilities for free.
1: I can't eat experience, bro. Oh, <laughs> like, um, Ugh. and you know, it's just it's ridiculous. And also, so Brit, uh Britt Grioli and Eno Saris of the Athletic published a piece yesterday in the Athletic about how minor leaguers about how minor leaguers have been affected by the lockout. Um, And there's like a special type of player that's like really particularly getting screwed over like uh, by this. So Sam McWilliams is an example of such a player. He was a player who, who signed a big league deal with the Mets last year. If you remember McWilliams is a pitcher, Um, but he never was promoted to the major leagues at any point um, during the season last year, he spent time in double a and in triple a, but he was never promoted to the majors. Um, but because he, he was signed, because he signed a big league deal, he's considered an MLB player and he's locked out. So he can't negotiate uh, any free agent contract with any team. He can't, he's part of the like lockout. He can't um, find a team to sign with, but he also has no major league service time. So he's not covered by the union either. So he, he's basically represented by no one. And there are a ton of players who fall under this class of player who basically, like, signed big league deals but have no service time. And they're getting screwed over the most because they don't have representation by the union, nor do any minor leaguers. None of the minor leaguers have representation with the union, but minor league players who sign minor league deals can be signed by teams right now. Teams are still actively signing guys to minor league deals, but guys who signed major league deals are locked out and can't negotiate free agent contracts. So it's like a really terrible, particularly terrible position to be in. Yeah. Um, it Ugh. sucks. A lot of players are in limbo like that. And it's, it's awful because like they and have that's pro- no way to win here. Yeah, And like, that's, how probably, can that's probably never
0: going to get solved with this CBA. Yeah. I doubt it.
1: I don't no. think that's going to get solved. Like, it, I don't know. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting close to that time where the season will be delayed. Well, they also wonder
2: why life. so many people don't choose baseball. Like, uh-huh. this is here's why. Here's this why. This is like prime example number one. Like, why would Kyler Murray put himself through this when he can just, you know, immediately be a star in football and make lots of money right off the bat? Like, yep. You're how many people are are you going to lose? Like, how many future stars are you going to lose
0: because of I mean, all this crap? I I honestly feel like Manfred is actively trying to kill the sport. It feels that way. It definitely feels that way. It's felt that that way since, really, his tenure began.
2: Yep. Especially with the way, you know, the the way the minor leaguers are treated. It's like, why would anybody put themselves for that? I don't blame anybody for wanting to choose another sport or, you know, or even, you know, going into another field completely. And it sucks because you're you're losing a lot of, you know, and cutting the, the draft, like, Conscript, conscripting the minors the the minor league teams all of this is just how are you grow how are you ever going to grow the sport when you're making it harder and harder for people to even just get in the door
1: and of course rob manfred is spending his time like whining about how it's more profitable to like trade stocks than like own a baseball team and it's like oh my god stop
0: i felt like that was like a low-key zing at, at steve cohen I, I could be completely just misreading that, but I was like,
1: mm-hmm. I think it was a defense of Steve Cohen. Or yeah, like it definitely the Other was. owners, like basically saying like, these guys are owning baseball teams that uh, like for charity, like out of the goodness of their billionaire hearts, basically. Ugh. Yeah, because it's costing yeah. them so,
2: so much personal pain.
1: And he's trying to, I mean, he, and he, and he's wrong. He's trying to insinuate that like baseball teams, like basically it's not profitable, but he's wrong.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you, can see, you can just look up any TV rights deal and boom, you're uh, you're wrong right there. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah, right. It's it's so disingenuous to like not talk about like the revenue from TV, but he never does. No, god no. Why would he use uh why would he use facts? Exactly. Um But yeah, and I mean, now is normally the time of year, like, you know, the Super Bowl just ended um, and it would would have been like pitchers and catchers reporting. So now's the time of year where it's normally like, all right, now it's baseball season and like baseball kind of like starts to take stage again. But like now it's now the only things that are in the headlines about baseball are like, you know, this Eric K trial and like Trevor Bauer. like these are the things we're seeing about baseball like not actual baseball none of the fun stuff that you normally associate with spring training or like the start of a new baseball season no more like big free agent signings like not a big like carlos correa contract with some team no instead this is the stuff we're getting well i
2: saw the one tweet like oh they should sign a new contract at super bowl sunday and like steal the spot like like dude how baseball literally cannot compete with football. They're like so far behind football that nobody like it would get signed and literally nobody would notice.
1: Yeah. It would but actually be a also- bad move for them to have like did the CBA like on Super Bowl Sunday because then no one would have noticed that they did it.
2: Yeah. And it's like, but you wonder why how football got this big and how baseball decided to stay so small because they're not growing the game. Yeah. They're not marketing it. And like we said, the only information coming out of it is
1: all bad stuff. Yep. Ugh. Bad stuff, which we unfortunately have to discuss. Uh, so, uh, uh. We, uh, so Trevor Bauer. <laughs> That's um, how I feel every uh, time we get to these I know, times. we won't spend much time and We won't spend much time. Trigger warning again. More trigger warning, sexual assault. Um, we learned last week that Trevor Bauer will not face criminal charges stemming from the multiple allegations of sexual assault against him. Um, Major league baseball can still suspend him. And they say their act- their investigation is still ongoing, but obviously there is a lockout. So there's nothing that can happen while there's still a lockout, which I was like, I thought that they like basically weren't handing down a Trevor Bauer suspension because of the lockout, but they just suspended Matt Harvey well, so, they're thinking of suspension. Oh, I they're thinking. They're, I'm sorry.
2: I'm they sorry. said he can, re- he can receive a suspension if he signs with the team. Yeah. I was okay. going to say
0: he's, he's, he's a free agent right now. So he's, he's not under any sort of contract. So I okay. think things are a little different for him.
1: Right. I stand corrected. Okay. So they didn't actually officially hand down a suspension of Matt Harvey because he's not. Yeah. So no suspensions, I think will be handed down to anyone officially, while there's still a lockout. So we probably won't know if Trevor Bauer is suspended. And if so, I think he's likely to be suspended for some amount of time. Uh, I don't know. So, you have more
2: long... faith in the system than I do.
1: Uh, I think I they're know. just I... going to like backdate it. Like, oh, he missed Well, yeah, back. I think that, like, well, I think, I, gonna, I think he's going to, I think he's going to fight for that. Yeah. And he might win. I think that they are going to like suspend him and they're going to give him like some suspension. Like, I don't know. I'm just making up numbers, 80 games or something. And he's going to say, oh, the time I spent on administrative leave counts for that. And he's going to fight the league on it and perhaps win. But that doesn't mean they didn't suspend him. They did. But-
0: that said, he also was paid on his administrative leave. So yeah. if he backdates his suspension, he should have to forfeit that salary.
1: I agree. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so he he can still be suspended. He might be. We'll find out. Um, But he won't face criminal charges. Um, And in the aftermath of this news, uh, Trevor Bauer emerged from his fucking cave that he lives in. um, And he read a a statement on a seven minute long YouTube video, which I refuse to watch, um, entitled The Truth. I will never watch it, but I did read the, the statement, the, the text of the statement, because as long as I don't have to hear his freaking voice, I can get through it. Um, and I'm not going to read his stupid statement on the podcast. But basically, he, in summary... He acknowledged that it's not really anything new. He acknowledged that he had rough sex with the woman who is making allegations against him on two occasions, but he claims that she's lying about all the abuse. Like I never sodomized her. I never punched her vagina. I never did any of these things to her that she says I did. And I, she didn't leave my house looking quote like that, which, you know, there were those horrific pictures, um, which you should not look at (laughs) unless you. Are in a right state of mind to look at them. Um he claims that he didn't do any of that stuff to her. Um, so he says she's lying about that. So, you know. Ugh.
2: And that's the thing too. Like he has this platform. What is what's so what consequences did he face, really? He he was he was still getting his messaging and branding out. Like wasn't he like to pitch
1: in the playoffs, Linda. But he was like live streaming during the playoffs. Like on yeah, and his stupid little like GoPro that he like tapes to his hat or whatever.
2: Yeah, so I'm sure he's still making money off of like that crap. Like he, he there there is no there was no consequences, and there's not gonna be any consequences because like you said, they're just gonna say he was time served, and even if the Dodgers grow some balls and cut him, some other team will pick him up and it'll be like nothing happened. And he'll do it again. He's done it to two other women, I think, or at least one other woman. There's one other woman who has allegations officially, yeah. So he got away with it. And we should say that also, too, that, you know, uh, not or, you know, refusing again, refusing to press charges does not equal innocent.
1: We cannot say that enough. Exactly. It doesn't mean he didn't do the thing. It just means because, again, we talk about this all the time. Sadly, when we talk about instances of abuse and, you know, domestic violence, there is a different threshold for the court of law than there is Uh for, you know, a suspension, for example, from Major League Baseball. The court has to prove beyond reasonable doubt that he did these things for him to be charged criminally, for him to, like, be, you know, uh, persecuted criminally. Um, And the district attorney's office, for whatever reason, you know, I'm not privy to the details, didn't feel that they would be able to prove beyond reasonable doubt that he did these things. Um, so, and, you know, so that's the way it is. And, you know, him coming out and being like, she's a dirty liar, blah, blah, blah in his stupid statement. And all these people thinking that the fact that he's not facing charges means he's innocent and didn't do anything wrong is why women never come forward because it rarely results in their abuser facing any sort of consequences because it's always a game of he said, she said, and she is never believed.
2: And
0: look at how easy, how easily, like he can discredit her too. How is this woman supposed yep. to live
2: the rest of her life now?
0: It's just, it's just. I, I, and I, I've been quiet just because I can't stand talking about him. He doesn't deserve as much time and column inches and and space and what have you that he's getting because of this. And he's a scumbag. That's 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 all I really have to say yeah scumbag
1: and the a lot of the baseball media has done you know carried water for him and upheld him uh but i will shout one piece um by uh bill plaschke um in the la times uh he wrote a column entitled dodgers much must make it clear that trevor bauer will never pitch for them again uh it was a good column and I recommend that you read it. He basically said like the Dodgers should cut him regardless of what happens with this and whether he's suspended or anything like that. Like the Dodgers need to put their foot down and say like this man can't pitch for us anymore. Um, so I thought that was a good column. And, you know, one of the few I, I saw that was like good on this front. Uh, so I'll, I'll post that in the, the show notes when we uh, when we tweet about this and in the show post for this episode. Um, and that's enough column inches and podcast minutes for Trevor Bauer for today. Um, but we have but to get, but then but wait, the, the list of douchebags is never ending.
0: Right. Um, this, Ugh. I'm going to give
1: even less time. I'm even less time for this. I I refuse even less time for this. Uh, there, but just, you know, from a news perspective, more trigger warnings abound, more sexual assault. Um, Dave Portnoy, uh, founder of Barstool Sports, Uh, Business Insider reported more women coming forward with allegations against Portnoy. Um, There was already the initial Business Insider piece um, with the first allegations, and now there's just, like, more women coming forward, Um, including allegations that he filmed them during sex without their consent. Um, Portnoy has responded by suing Business Insider over these stories, claiming they are, quote, false and defamatory, end quote. So... There you go.
0: Yeah. Douchebags,
1: douchebags. They will not face any consequences. It is unlikely anything bad will ever happen to Dave Portnoy or Barstow. Oh, Ford. he'll have
0: he'll have his little band of merry men harass everybody. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's see the
2: there's too many. He's in bed with too many people now. Like ESPN was thinking of doing stuff with him, and all the athletes that go on the podcasts and stuff. It's uh, not. Uh, it, something needs to happen within the sport itself for things to change, but too many athletes, oops, there goes my mic, ...to um, into this bro culture. So they don't want it to change. They benefit from it. So what do they care? And there
1: are a heck of a lot of people out there who are critical of, who are critical in public of Dave Fortnoy and Barstool right up until the moment their favorite person joins barstool or you know they have a favorite podcast or whatever no no <laughs> that's not how this works that's not how it works there are no people. you support all of them they, they suppo- consuming the content wearing the merch any sort of like oh i hate barstool except for my favorite podcaster no 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 that is all that's not how it works you are complicit in this and this culture and this behavior, if you consume the content in any way. I don't care if you like Big Cat. I don't care if you like Pardon My Take or whatever the hell else. I don't care. And I don't care that their CEO is a woman. I don't care.
2: <laughs> She's just as bad.
1: I don't want to hear it Um. So that's that's this particular i'm not going to call anybody out by name but that's a particular note that i want to make this week because there was a fairly prominent met person on met's twitter who joined barstool recently and got a lot of support for that from people who were previous critics of dave portnoy and barstool but suddenly it's their buddy so it's okay it's not okay
2: no you're still lining portnoy's God. pockets by consuming the content so yep. you're complacent
1: yep um, anyway, uh, so I, I said that at the top of the show that we you know, when we were talking about Matt Harvey and mental health, um, <clears throat> that there are a lot of connections with the Olympics, and that is true. Um so obviously the Olympics is not baseball but I figured since the 3 of us on uh, on the podcast this week are all you know avid Olympic winter olympics watchers um we would we would talk about the Olympics because a lot of these same issues that we talk about on this podcast very often that are close to our hearts are coming up during the games um and one of those things is the fact that uh, 15-year-old Russian skater, Kamila Valieva, tested positive for a banned substance prior to the Olympics—a um, heart medication—but um, she was still allowed to compete um, against the wishes of the World Anti-Doping Agency and the IOC, who apparently don't have jurisdiction over their own goddamn competition because the third-party arbiter decided um, the world—the what's it called—the sport—the Court of Sport. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Court yeah. of that's our, our, that's our, the court Arbitration.
0: Wait, the Court Arbitration. Of- of sports wait a minute I all just
1: the know different CAS. <laughs> I, I keep spinning like all the different committees that are involved in this my head is i know like, there's a lot there's too many I there's know. the court of ar- the court of arbitration for sports court of arbitration for sports they're it the ones court- who, of- they're the ones who sort sport. of like upheld the russian decision to not suspend her. well um, i think it also stems from it was a russian test
2: it wasn't an olympic test too yeah yeah. So I think there was something to deal with that. That I don't know. Maybe they didn't have jurisdiction or something. Anyway, oh, it's wild
1: that the the Olympic Committee doesn't have jurisdiction over the Olympics. But whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this this it, she was allowed to compete. She might eventually be stripped of her medal that she hasn't won the medal yet, but it's pretty inevitable she's going to. Um, she's the heavy favorite. She's in first place heading into the free skate. Well, and they're also the- delaying program. the other medal
2: ceremony for the yeah. team?
1: for the team event. Yeah. That's not fair to them? In which, in which the Russian Olympic Committee, oh, so shocking that calling them the Russian huh. Olympic Committee instead of Russia hasn't done anything. Um, the Russian Olympic Committee won gold in the team figure skating event in which Vieva played a big role in helping them win the gold medal. The U.S. won the silver medal, um, and they still haven't had that medal ceremony because they still haven't decided whether they're going to like take away the, the gold medal or not um and she might end up being stripped of even though she's being allowed to compete she might end up being stripped of her individual medal if she wins that which she probably will um so this scandal has raised a lot of issues about you know obviously the the like you know doping is like a whole other thing but like not just like the drug use but the exploitation of children in figure Uh skating this girl is 15 years old And And that's,
0: and I think the other Russian skaters who it's supposed to be a Russian sweep of the podium and they're all teenagers teenagers.
1: and she's the youngest one, but they're all teenagers. This push
0: for so many of the athletes to start so young and do these ridiculous jumps. Like if you were to go like 10, 15 years ago, nobody was doing a quad, right? And, but and, I was but doing
1: like them five
2: years ago. No, yeah,
1: and but like, like so nobody, nice was, nobody was doing them. Nobody was doing triple axles either. Like no one in the no women were. No, because
0: it's such a difficult jump.
1: Like Nathan, now ben they're did all over what, the place. five. He did
2: five quads, and he's a 22 year old man. How is a 15 year old girl doing the same move as a 22 year old man? Like the 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 just
1: the build is wrong like it's
0: what's like well, doing the, that to the, her body the 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 build they're still light and floating at that point so they can get like the air velocity i don't know the exact physics of it but they're small enough where they can, they're light so they're able to do those kinds of jumps but at the same time they're still developing young girls they're affecting they're affecting their bone development their musculature and just from what I've heard about the Russian coach, who's the coach of all of these three um, young women, I'm gonna pronounce her name incorrectly. Itari, I think, is what they've been saying. She's known to be very brutal on her skaters, and that her skaters don't usually last in competition past the age of 18.
2: Well, this is basically the only Olympics these girls are gonna compete in. Like the yeah. last two from the last Olympics are already in retirement because one, I think, broke her hip, and then that's what they said. Like you get you develop these hip issues because your body wasn't built to do these things. Plus then they're starving themselves to stay light. Some yeah, denying. that's the other thing. Yeah, there's like a Kellyanne lot of abuse said, going they're, on.
1: They're able to do these quads and these insane jumps because, like, the way the reason women aren't be able to, able to do them is because they're so light and tiny, and it's the same with gymnasts too. It's like really, really advantageous to be small and yeah. you know aerodynamic. And so basically, they have them like you know starving themselves and like they all develop like eating disorders because, like, basically they're not allowed to eat more than like two lettuce leaves a day. Otherwise, they're They're not allowed to get their periods either. Like if they no. get their periods,
2: something went wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you get your if you get your period, you're like washed up at that point. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's like it's like so immensely screwed up, and it all ties back to baseball because you know we have talked about the exploitation of children in a baseball context. You know, major league teams are doing these under the table deals with. 14-year-old boys in Latin America who then, like, drop out of school um, and most of them never even make it to the major leagues. Um, and this that issue is persistent and it's not going away. Like, that is the danger of, you know, starting um, starting so early with these kids and pushing them beyond what they should be doing. Oh, and I forgot to include this in the show notes, but it's pertinent here. Fangraphs recently published yes. a, a blog... That talked about spin rates and velocity in youth leagues. Like we're talking about like nine year olds.
0: Stop this. Stop. this And they did this this. like
1: this whole post about like this whole like analytics you know driven blog post about spin rates and velocity in youth. No. Like basically like driveline shit for children. No. 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 This needs to stop. This needs to stop. Uh, they took it down because people got so mad about it. Thank God. Good. But like. They basically made seem like like an oopsie doodles. Like it was basically like, oh, we found that didn't fit our editorial standards. It's like, no, 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 you no, people you got mad about it. it you, so you published put it, put it. it down like you published it. It did meet your editorial standards. You just it didn't meet your standard of public reaction to the piece you published. <laughs> like, and also, like, you know, this this woman,
2: a Terry or whatever her name is you know, she was praised because she was getting like, she had like five gold medalists and on her like under her belt. And so nobody's going to question her methods as long as she's getting results. And that's the issue. Like, what are we sacrificing here at the expense of children? Like, uh, what, like the ethics just go right out the window as long as the results are there. But these
0: are literal children. children. I mean, part of part of that is Russia. I'm just going to Say that. But then again, I, obviously, the United States of America is not immune from this. Right. In figure skating, I think they're much less guilty than, say, Russia or the Russian Olympic Committee. Um, but not in but, gymnastics, but not no. in gym. No, not in gymnastics and not in a lot of other sports either.
2: Well, and also she was held as the gold standard too. like everybody else was going to try to get their girls to do the quads because how else are you going to compete? And so now it's just going to spread and affect other girls now. Because yeah. they, they, they have to try to keep up. And so now, how many other lives are going to get destroyed, but which they're also building upon false pretenses because they're
0: mm-hmm. all doping? Yeah. And, I, mean, and I, I didn't realize how deeply the Russians kind of changed the game here on this by adding so many technical elements. So many difficult technical elements. So that is also suspect to me that that was allowed to kind of happen. And then
1: it starts this whole arms race because you have to keep up like Linda Mm -hmm. said. Um, And I think, I mean, and I mean, Adam Rippon, a former Olympian and now coach in the United States made an excellent point about this, which is, you know, so part of the reason that they held up the decision to not suspend uh, Camila Valleva and allow her to compete was that she was a minor. Um, and, and I want to make it perfectly clear. I am not blaming the 15 year old girl for this. I am blaming her coaches and the system that failed her. She's a child. Um, but you know, part of the reason why she was allowed to compete is because she is a child. And Adam Rippon said, you know, then, then they should raise the minimum age to allow them Mm -hmm. to compete.
2: Yeah. If that's the case, if the part of the issue
1: is that she's a minor, which that is part of the issue, then she shouldn't be allowed to compete because she's 15 freaking years old and she shouldn't be driven to this level of competition
2: well also i pointed i I tweeted this on twitter this is also just torturous for her too at this point like you know it's horrible yeah like probably like people she looks up to are now calling this a farce she was in tears the other day she fell in practice how can any 15 year old deal with this She's like dealing
1: this, with all this scrutiny, this heavy spotlight. Like she was yeah. already dealing with that w- minus the, you know, the scandal. And now she has like tabloids following her everywhere, dealing with this. And then, you know, they're letting her compete. So they're like, oh, you, you're you competing. But then they might take her medal away afterwards. It's oh, no, just cruel. kidding. You and, have this and medal.
0: Even, and even if she does well, it's always going to be like looked at. There's the going to be mark. a shadow. There's going to be an asterisk. There's going to be a, be a shadow. To it. Of course. Yeah.
2: It's just always. cruel to do to her at this point. Yeah. Like, just suspend her and let her go home and like recharge. Because even they said, like, her coaches didn't even walk with her through the press. They threw her to the wolves.
0: Well, you know what I say? I say suspend her and then give her asylum, her and her family asylum in the United States, please.
1: Yeah, right. I, I don't Oof. know I like and this this along with like Winda mentioned Michaela Schifrin, who is a, uh, for those of you who don't know she's a she's a skier she's one of the biggest skiing stars in the world um and she was you know uh a favorite to win a lot of events like she was due to compete in a lot of the the skiing events uh and she you know she was like favored in a lot of them and she um on her particular discipline that she's like especially good at is slalom. And so her very first race that she was supposed to compete in was the giant slalom. I don't fully understand a lot of these winter sports. They ju- they all seem like <laughs> variation of the same sport, but you just do it Go on a bigger no hill past. or, yes. you know, like at whatever. But there's slalom, slalom and giant slalom. If anyone actually skis and is listening to this and cringing, I'm really sorry. All I know is that there's <laughs> slalom and giant slalom and giant implies it's just a bigger slalom. <laughs> A bigger hill, I guess, right? That they're skiing down. And so- Or like the gates are farther apart. Something like that. Or it's steeper or who knows? Something (laughs) like that. It's bigger in some way. And so those are her like specialty disciplines. So the, the giant slalom was the first one and she skied out like meaning she like went outside the course markings and like that disqualifies you then you're basically you're done like it's over um you don't finish you're done and so she skied out which is something that like you know according to the commentators is like very you know uncharacteristic of her to do because she's one of the top skiers in the world uh and so you know that happened but you know that'll happen sometimes and like that was treated as like sort of a freak thing like you know when like like when a figure skater like tries to land a jump and falls down it happens you know even if it doesn't usually happen it happens um she messed up it's really really hard (laughs) really hard and these are the best in the world and seeing them screw up is weird but you know it's they're human incredibly hard to do so that happened and then on the slalom which is the the smaller version and of her specialty event she skied out again um, which ha- that happening two times in a row is like unheard of. And after she did that, um, she sat like she basically like sat on the side of the course at, for like 20 minutes, like basically like head in her hands, like in disbelief that this was happening to her. And NBC kept the camera on her like the whole time. And then stuck a microphone in her face. And then made her interview afterwards, and it was just horrible. And it was basically, like, it was the Simone Biles stuff all over again. like and, And the same thing with Camilla, like, making her, like, deal with all this press. And, like, they're just sticking the microphone in Michaela's face. I mean, Michaela may not be 15, but she's still pretty darn young. I think um, she's twenty five. this is that doesn't matter uh, to
0: me. Like that whenever whenever I see the press in front of a baseball player after a bad game, I'm just like, get the hell it's out the of his face. It's the worst. Or I don't even care, like after I don't some- care if you're I don't care if you're fifteen or fifty five. That sucks no matter what
2: they do it a lot after the super bowl too. Like somebody will be crying. They're like, how do you feel? His dream just died. How do you think? he How do you feel? Yeah. Pretty shitty. Thanks. (laughs) Like, It sucks. Like Uh, this woman was training for four years to chase her dream. Four years in a pandemic where you're already isolated away from your family. You're alone. Her dad died in 2020. Yeah. That also happened. And there, it was so voyeuristic on, like, to capitalize on her pain for good readings. Yeah. It hey, was just good. and then people, people got angry because they're like, oh, she's holding up the race, because NBC made it look like she was holding up the race. They were going, they just didn't bother showing them because they were too busy showing her grieving
1: for losing out on her dream. Yeah. And it's just like, so, like, all of this just underscores, like, and, and it's like, it's just like how they stuck the microphone in Harvey's face after every bad start after he had the TOS and he was trying to come back and he kept getting bombshelled every damn time. And they would stick the mic in his face and he'd be like, I have nothing new to say to you guys. And then they would get mad at him for being uh, snippy with the media. And it's like, what do you expect him to say? Like,
2: I just like it's, and also at the time too, like his dream was dying. He knew his uh-huh. career was on life support at that point. Everything he worked so hard for, and like you could tell, he just looked lost because he didn't have answers. Like he, what he used to be so good at was suddenly gone. How do you explain that? Yeah, like and also we say that with re- athletes that retire, like you know they've been working for so long for all these years at one thing.
0: And all of a sudden it's gone. They have to come to terms with the loss of that. Yeah, like. And they have to, they have to grieve it.
2: Yeah, I was going to say,
0: whether it's one moment, like Schifrin
2: skiing out or, you know, David Wright retiring, they have to come to terms with it somehow that their dream's over. And I just want to know, like.
1: And I just want to know, like, from a fan perspective, because the media claims to, like, you know, they want their access to the clubhouse and to these athletes to, you know, be the, you know, communicator between the athletes and their fans, right? Like, that's the, what the media's professed role is. I just want to know, as a fan, what do I glean from watching Michaela Schifrin cry? Nothing. 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 There's nothing I learn about, like, her strategy or like her skiing or like, you know, if, if it's the case of Matt Harvey, like he just said the same thing over and over because there's nothing new to say. He was like, yeah, I suck today. And I have TOS like there's nothing new to learn by sticking the mic in his face. As but a fan. you
0: get to know how they feel, Allison. Oh, my God. I know they it's feel bad. Ins- <laughs> it's insider knowledge that you don't have by looking at them. Feels
2: bad. <laughs> what well, broke my heart, too. Was the next day, of course, they stick another microphone in Michaela Schiffer's face and they said, you know, what have the past 24 hours been like for you? And she said how incredibly kind people are because of all the report, all the support I received. So she went through hell. NBC capitalized on her pain. And her
1: takeaway from that were people are kind. I mean, I think she was mostly referring to, like, her fans on Twitter I know, and stuff, yeah. I know, not, but
2: still, like... Not NBC. <laughs> but, you know, because they did that to her, people kind of rallied around her. So at least, yeah. you know, it didn't, you know, like, Simone Biles, like, tweeted at her and, like, so, you know, she still somehow, <laughs> like, saw grace in it and still took away meaning that people are inherently kind, but she's a better person than i am (laughs) yeah
1: damn right that wasn't my
2: takeaway from the whole thing
0: i also think maybe she didn't necessarily see that see i don't know i don't that's the event i don't because
2: they were mad at her because NBC made it look like she was legit holding up the race
1: yeah people were like people were like shitting on her because they were like oh you're selfish you're sitting there holding up the whole race for all the other competitors because you're whining
2: yeah basically and I was like she
1: wasn't she was off to the side she wasn't
2: blocking anyone people were skiing by her they just didn't show it because they didn't care at that point they thought her crying was the better story
1: yeah like
2: (laughs) world-class
1: athletes speeding down an icy hill at 80 miles an hour with n- knives on their feet yeah, <laughs> yeah. every Olymp- every winter olympic sport is like some variation of like knives on feet or S- knives on on on
0: transportation yeah on sliding
1: down <laughs> like a terrifying hill at alarming speeds it's- <laughs> the, the, the
0: only one that doesn't is curling
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's curling's the
0: best <laughs> curling
2: curling curling's, the, ice only,
1: involved, curling's the only uh, like winter olympic sport where i'm like if i did this it wouldn't cause me grievous bodily harm I <laughs> if i attempted it. this i did do it i went to an open house near
2: me it's fun i was a really good sweeper but you know, the, um <laughs> uh, the ice is bubbled um okay, so you can I... walk on it in sneakers like you won't slip at all um, that's fantastic because, yeah because then you have to sweep down the bubbles to like yeah to get where you to the to get, yeah He's I also just like, appreciate not sleepy. He's I also slippery. just appreciate
1: that the curlers just like look like look like dudes and house yeah. They just look like normal They're people. Random. They're so chill. Yeah, yeah,
2: like I could go out and like you know
1: learn the game and maybe be a
2: curler in ten years.
1: Like you look <laughs> at this guy and it's like this guy has five Olympic gold medals in curling and it's just like some dad looking dude with a mustache <laughs> and you're like hell yeah. Let's <laughs> this do moves. that. But like all the, like
2: like I I tweeted this it was like all the winter olympics are basically all sports of
1: like who thought this was a good idea? Yeah, really? <laughs> truly. And I I love watching all of it because it's just like I my favorite tweet I've seen about the winter olympics was like um was like brackets some athlete does something that I've never seen before and is incredible. Commentator, "Ooh, that's going to be a deduction." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, like I really saw, like. really I saw a guy like do a bunch of like flips and stuff in the air, or he was like this happened to me twice. He was doing a bunch of flips and stuff in the air, landed, and he kind of landed forwards, so then he turned it into a front flip and then landed that. And they're like, Oh, he just cost himself a medal. I'm like, I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty awesome, actually. Look, badass <laughs> as hell. Points and for in- improv ingenuity people. there. Yeah, there's other people who like. You know, they screwed up their jump, but then they, like, flipped and stuff. And then they landed on one leg. I'm like, oh, that was boss. And they're like, oh, man, they screwed up that landing. Like, I would think landing on one leg is harder than two. I would <laughs> give them extra points for that.
1: Style like one points. guy lost
2: his ski. He was holding his ski and landed on one leg.
1: Yep. Incredible. Wow. Amazing stuff. Like, nope,
2: nope. He won't get on the podium with that landing.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, goodness. like, wild. Go, um, okay. Anyway, before we move to walk off wins, which is desperately needed this week, since this is a pretty depressing podcast, we're sorry, everyone, we wish that there was more happy news to talk about. Um, but I do want to bring something happy in, which is that. Um, the International Women's Baseball Center, who you may remember, we had a couple folks from there on the podcast not too long ago, and they were fantastic. Um, Their annual Founders Day event is coming up on February 22nd, and it's via Zoom, so anyone can go. Um, And we will share the link in the show notes and tweets this week so that you guys can check it out. February 22nd, IWBC Founders Day event. You should check it out. Um, But on that note, uh, we will end the show like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk-off win?
0: Okay, so I have, I think, what, five here? <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna run through them really quickly. I, I completed a big grant, the Will Eisner um, Growth Grant for the American Library Association. Um, I'm excited that Papadakis and Cicero won the um, ice dancing um, event. Uh, I got a scholarship for school. Um, Ooh, I finished. Yay. I finished my Met side table. I will send pictures for maybe to be posted on Twitter. And my best friend sent me flowers for Valentine's Day because we Aww. couldn't see each other. So yes, I, those are my five walk-off wins.
1: That's all fantastic. I love all yeah. of that. <sighs>
0: Congratulations. Thank you.
2: Um,
1: Linda Servic, what is your walk-off win for this week?
2: Okay, number one, shout out Nathan Chen. Legit cried when he won the cold. Very Ooh, happy. That
1: performance was fantastic. Oh, he
2: was so good. And I love, love, love his Rocket Man routine. And so it's, was... it's
1: very fun to watch. In addition yeah. to just being like, you know, amazingly good, it's just like fun to watch. Yeah. Like,
2: mm. and he, he, like, oh, the stuff that he could do, like, he was right on the music. Like, how do you, oh, man, he was just, uh, I was just so happy for him, especially after he failed in 2018. So it was, it was a nice redemption story for him. So I was, I was very happy and I, um, I was sweating out his performance the entire time. I stayed up way too late to watch it and I was sweating it out, but um, it seemed like he had pretty much wrapped it up. But, um, but it's, it's nice that like when, you know, the favorite comes through and like delivers. Um, so it's always nice to see. Um, and he just seems like a good kid. So um, I'm happy for him. Um, and my second walk-off win is I saw Imagine Dragons in concert um at the new UBS arena um the arena is gorgeous it's the new one in Long Island um near the the racetrack um the food selection was a little iffy um it was but but I don't know if they don't open everything up for the concert that they would during an Islanders game Boo! um so I felt a little weird I was in enemy territory but um But yeah they were really good um you know a lot of their songs feature like heavy bass so like to see that in concert like you kind of feel it like in your chest the entire time um but what i thought was interesting that both him and his opening act um his opening act was grandson i think they were called um both of them made it a point to say to be kind to one another because um, they said they were both going through through some stuff, and they said you never know what people are going through, which kind of fits with the theme of this podcast. And I think it was grandson who said, you know, even tonight, somebody's probably going through the worst day of their life. And he goes, and it could be the concession guy, it could be the usher, it could be the person sitting next to you, and he's like, it could, it's even me. And he said, so treat everybody you meet, thinking that they're going through the worst day of their life and he was like it'll make a difference of how you because you don't know there's uh-huh. there's you really don't know so and both of them both them and the lead singer for imagine dragon said that to just you know be kind and then like you know and celebrate that you know we were there together having fun being you know having a good time especially after these past two years so it's like you know we we should just look out for each other more and be nicer to each other and more understanding and more compassion and and compassionate but um overall the concert was good i had a good time and um yeah it was fun and the arena was nice despite it being the islanders arena
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's great i'm glad you had a good time um my walk-off win this week's a simple one. Um, there is a new minor league baseball team in Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky, called the Kentucky Wild Health Genomes. Um, and Love it, I, it I made too. me so happy that there is a minor league baseball team called the Genomes. It's like the most perfect intersection of my interests I have ever seen. And their Twitter account is incredible. And I want to be friends with whoever makes their tweets because they tweet like nerdy science things. And then they also tweet like, oh, oh my God, their tweets are so funny. I please follow them. It's like at WH Genomes on Twitter. Please follow them. They are hilarious. And their uniforms are fire. And I can't wait to buy a jersey. Like, how do I buy a jersey (laughs) at Wild Health Genomes? Help me out. I will buy all your merch. Like, I want to buy it all. Where can I buy it? (laughs)
2: Um, they might be the only game in town pretty soon.
1: I know, right? I yeah, right. Like, I, I keep telling Michael, because, like, the, so the, the wild health genomes are in the Atlantic League, which is where the, like, Long Island Ducks are in, and also uh, the Maryland Blue Crabs, which play in uh in Waldorf which is where Michael's school is uh where he teaches and I I keep saying to Michael like we need to go to a blue crabs genomes game I I desperately want to see them uh so I hope that there's a minor league season at least (laughs) so I can go see the genomes to like scratch my baseball itch because that's where we're at but Uh, I just am obsessed with the fact that there's a Genomes baseball team that makes me so happy. (laughs) Go Genomes. Go Genomes. Genomes. It's me, number one Kentucky Wild Health Genomes fan. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, So uh, while you are waiting for the baseball lockout to end, you can still go to AmazonAvenue.com. We actually are going to write, despite the fact that the season might be delayed. We are going to start our, you know, free free agent series and our season preview series because uh, we're still we're trying to will it into existence, folks. Uh, so those articles are going to start going up pretty soon. So you can check that out along with, obviously, the daily morning news post over at AmazingAvenue.com. You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at a pod of their own you can follow each of us on twitter i am at PetitPhd. phd where are you linda at linda Sarovich. you can't follow kellyanne on twitter but you can find her in the comments find me find me in the Amazon avenue comments
0: making pun threads and silly gift jokes
1: yep uh find kellyanne in Amazon avenue Um, And you should subscribe to the podcast Wherever you get your podcasts from Please rate and review the show It really helps people find it The original intro and outro music to this podcast Is by Bunga Let's go Mets And don't forget there is no crying in podcasting